When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Franny Benali and you're listening to In That Number. And then they lift one over the top for Danny Ings. He's in the box. Oh, to his left foot. Brilliant. Oh, it's a Hey, thanks for checking out In That Number. I'm your host, Ray Hunt. Follow me on Twitter at RayHunt84. My co-hosts, Kevin at the Moscow Mush Milverton at Moscow Mush. Statman Steve at Statman underscore Steve. Find him on Instagram at St. Mary's Statbase. Follow the show at Number Podcast, available on Instagram and Facebook too. Please leave us a review on iTunes, subscribe and share as far and wide as you can. If you would like to send us any questions, send us an email on inthatnumberpodcast at gmail.com or reach out to us on Twitter and we'll be sure to get back to you as soon as we can. Enjoy the show. Welcome to In That Number 79, That Boy Ings. Yes. Um, This week we have two games to review as last Thursday night saw us entertain Brighton at St Mary's and Sunday afternoon, our last away trip of the season, as we made the short trip to Bournemouth and what was vital towards Bournemouth's safety in the Premier League. We also preview our final game of the season as we take on Sheffield United at St Mary's. With his thoughts and comments, we welcome Travelling Blade. But first, the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton. All right, Kev, say hello. Hello, everybody. <laughs> hello, listeners. Hello, hello Ray, you hello. cunt. <laughs> wow. Drop the C-bomb. This early, wow. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting yeah. in early. Wow. <laughs> like, a, like a Romeo foul, I'm getting in early. <laughs> I was going to ask how you are, but I don't give a shit now. Oh, well, <laughs> fuck you too. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm fine just about, yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of football in one week, wasn't it? Yes, yes, yes. Three games this week, wasn't it? But, you know, it's almost finished. Um, just one left. Yeah, I mean, it's getting to the point where I could probably handle that much football in a week, because... Um, yeah, I need a little bit of entertainment in the because it is slowing down for me now. And Epical, yeah, huh? <laughs> and now there's no football. So. Mm. Well, I mean, the hockey season starts next week, mate. So get into that in in August, uh, July. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yes, it's too hot to be thinking about ice hockey, mate. Yeah, how are you feeling? Um, I'm all right, you know, I'm tired, but I'm all right. I had a midnight start again tonight, so working it's, around the clock, as I always do. Is there do. no end to it, right? No, no, there's not. There's not. It's just, um, what can I say? I'm a busy man. Yeah. How, how are you feeling about the season coming to an end? Um, to be honest, I, I'm, I just want it done now, because now that that game's out of the way... The um the Bournemouth one, I mean, um, I say we're not really going for anything now. It's it's, it's a dead rubber, isn't it? I mean, Sheffield United can't really get into Europe now. It doesn't really matter what happens in that game. It's just like I, I'll be happy uh, happy to get this season out of the way, but I want the next season here as well. If you know what I mean, not much of a gap is there between now and then. So it's, it's a nice break. Yeah, I think we're, we're already sort of focusing towards next season, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, and then obviously the uh, the transfer window and all those rumours and stuff like that. So uh, mm-hmm. we've got we've got all that, and it's not going to be as long, so we haven't got to worry about all that shit. Exactly. This is ITN in that number news. Okay, ITN news. Um, not a heap of news out there this week. Um, just just things that we've gone over before, really. But um, we'll no doubt have more on the news of Mohamed Salisu uh, once that signing is announced. Um, probably, you know, when the when the window opens the day after the Sheffield United game. So what we're we talking Monday. Um, uh, but breaking news over the past 24 hours is that Everton mm. have reportedly had their 25 million pound bid accepted for Pierre Emil Hoiberg. Um, Kev. Uh, Great bit of business for Saints and Everton, I think, but I don't know if it's the greatest move for Hoiberg. Probably not. I mean, it wasn't for Morgan Schneiderlin. Um, I know via United, but um, mm. um, I think they've got a good manager, haven't they? Um, I mean, Everton are one of those clubs that you know should be on the fringes of Europe, um, challenging for those places. And yeah, I mean, they've got the money behind them. They fucking they've spent enough over the years, haven't they? Mm. But I mean, um, I, I, you can understand a player, you know, seeing out his contract, getting getting that big money move to a bigger club, uh, and ultimately go on to win trophies, etc. But no disrespect to Everton, they aren't any better than Saints right now. Um, and are they chasing silverware? Not really. Uh, to me, it just sounds like I don't know, a little bit of desperation to get away, wherever it is. He just wants to go. You know, Tottenham came crawling. He was like, "Yeah, I want to go." Everton, yeah, I want to go. It's just like anyone who wants to move, who wants to move in for him, he wants to go. He's not actually thinking about it too much. I don't know. That's the way I feel about it. And I mean, you, I mean, you can understand, you know, the move to Spurs more because, well, it's Spurs. I mean, they'll be challenging for Champions League spots. But I'm struggling with this one really. It's kind of like it reminds me of Font to West Ham. Yeah, that one is that one is a strange one. But I think it was just there. There's a kind of to- something must have you know gone wrong. It was quite a toxic atmosphere, wasn't it, at the club? Um, Around about that time, this is pre Hassan Hootwell era. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, Hoiberg, just strange one. Yeah, I mean, are we going to miss him? Um, maybe. Um, but I think, you know, we've been prepared for this. Sure. We're kind of used to the idea of Hoiberg going, and I think um, the club must be making some good preparations for a post Hoiberg era. But, yeah, but um, I mean, the money. Considering that the you know the coronavirus and in this day and age now to get that much money for him, I mean it was I think it was clear that, that Spurs were not going to match that valuation. But Everton to come up and say yeah twenty five million quid here you go. There was talk of thirty thirty five million before wasn't there? 
Yeah, but like I said, in the, in the, considering the current climate, it's like 25, 25 million quid. Got to take that. Yeah, I mean, there was talk of doing a party exchange with Carl Walker Peters for Spurs, but um, obviously they're driving a hard bargain. Yeah, that's that's worrying me now, if I'm honest, because we, we you know we dug our heels in a bit over the over the Hoiberg saga, and now they're going to be a little bit like that with uh, Kyle Walker Peters. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there in the off season. Yeah, not making any friends at um, Spurs. No. no. Um, uh, before we get into the games today, I just want to start with a little bit of sad news. Like after three years, the wonderful Total Saints podcast has chosen to retire following the last game of the season. Um, excellent podcast, excellent team. You know, we, we, I remember Kev when we decided to start this podcast podcast up. We got in touch with um, you know all the Saints podcasts out there, and Ben was was great to us, wasn't he? Uh, he messaged us back, he, he gave us advice. Um, kind enough to join us on this show as you know um, on a couple of occasions um and yeah i've met him for a couple of beers um i went to his you know their 100th show their live show it was great um yeah it won't be the same without him it's it's a it's a big loss yeah i mean they're, they're stalwarts in the saint podcasting world um yeah it's gonna be a, a huge gap isn't there uh, yeah. in, our, in our podcast fields but uh yeah, I mean, I, I, he'll still be about, won't he? I'll be on Twitter um, commentating. Hopefully. Yeah, just um, yeah, thanks to all, all those guys there uh, for support and um, for making a really entertaining and informative podcast. Um, yeah, should we make a, a speculative transfer move for them? What do you think? Oh, yeah, what are you thinking? I don't know. Who should we go for? I mean, oh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Steve or Glenn? Uh, yeah. Do you think this the, this podcast could handle that much swearing? Oh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine it? Yeah. I'm. Yeah. I don't want to be warm in the fucking subs bench. <laughs> I don't think you will be, mate. Trust me. <laughs> oh yeah. You, in the week, um, other important news: the FPL, uh, the the tweet swearing league. Saints are a fourth, apparently. Yes, yeah, the Profanity League, yeah. Um, strange one, though, isn't it? I mean, I didn't know Watford top of the league, um, and we were up in fourth. But, yeah, I say I put it all down to you, <laughs> you and Glenn. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're doing our fucking best. <laughs> Although, yeah, I, the, the, the scores that Watford have had this season, I think in Man City. That's true. And our result. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> I think maybe next year we could probably we could probably go for that trophy. Then you can ramp it up a bit next season, Kev. Yeah, yeah. Why the fuck not? I have to invent new swear words. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Um, uh, anyway, before and another bit, just just before we go, I just want to say congratulations to Leeds United for returning to the Premier League as champions after sixteen years. Sixteen years. Yes. Wow. I, I remember. Well. I remember our trip. Yeah, to Ellen Road or Bell End Road um, when we went. <sighs> Got to keep up with the swearing, haven't we? Uh, when, we uh, when you were up at the um, University of Leeds, of course, and um, yeah, we went to see Leeds and Brighton up there, didn't we? I don't remember that game. Yeah, a lot of homophobic chanting from the local But yeah, I'm pleased to see him back, actually. I know a lot of people don't like him. It's kind of like Marmite, isn't it, with Leeds? But um, I don't know, well, I, kind of, I kind of break the mould. I, I, I don't mind them at all. 
Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think Marmite's the right analogy. Um, just, I think everyone fucking hates them. I think you're either from Leeds or you hate Leeds. But no, I've definitely got a soft spot for them. Um, yeah, I love, I love well, being up there. Well, you, you lived there for what? Yeah. Three years. A bit more than three years, yeah. Mm. Good on them. Good on them. Good to see them. I'm going to call it now, Kev. First mm-hmm. game of next season. Saints leads Ellen Road. Ooh. Oh. I'm just just putting it out there. I haven't got any inside scoop, by the way. That's just a guess. Yeah, it's going to be a while before the fixtures come out. Um, yeah, it's the 12th of September, isn't it? The start of next season. Uh, yeah, or well, the 11th. I think it's a Friday night. I think there'll be a, a Friday night game. What, straight away with the Friday night one? Okay. Yeah, they, they did it this year as well, didn't they? On the season before. Mm, but, I mean, that's provisional. Um, they, but, yeah, a bit of news coming out that they might have crowds back by October. I th- that That's going to be controversial, isn't I don't it? I think. How? I don't know how. Well, those, geez, t- I mean, those tickets must be like £100 a pop. Yeah, I mean, what, you're thinking reduced crowds then? Oh, definitely, yeah. Probably having like like 50 in a stand or something like that. Just spread out or something. Well, if you're doing it the way they've done it here is it started off as 10% capacity. Um, okay. So, I, yeah, it's just going to be... Is it going to be like the sub benches now, just like one every other seat or something it's weird though because they weren't using all of the stadium so the people were you know relatively packed into a few stands rather than using the whole stadium that's weird yeah and now now it's up to 50 percent um but again still they're not using all the stands so uh, away fans as well yeah i'm not sure if away fans should work i mean it's difficult enough to travel you know yeah um but yeah, I mean, think either. Interesting though, if they do ten percent of the crowd, um, are they still going to put the, the crowd noise in? Because there's not not going to be a lot of crowd noise, and the crowd noise that you can hear is going to be all swearing. So what are they going to do? Are they going to put the crowd noise in? <laughs> Just get a seat right next to those microphones. Can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've dropped the seat bomb again. Oh. Uh, what? what? Since when does there censorship on this podcast? <laughs> Well, there might have to be now. Uh, yeah, oh, just a little bit of extra um, news. Um, yeah, Magic Johnson on loan uh, for Hartford Athletic. Um, I actually yeah, thought Ke- you meant Magic Johnson then, Kev. No, you know, Tyreek. Tyreek yeah, yeah. Ma- Tyreek Magic Johnson uh, or Magic Tyreek Johnson. Um, yeah, he came on for Hartford at halftime and scored a wonder goal in the 55th minute. Have you seen it? I have not. I'm glad you told me this because I'm going to look at this right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have a look it up on Twitter. Um, it was against London United. London United? Or London United. Sorry for, to our American listeners. I butchered that. But yeah, it's their first home game of the season and he comes on and just... Does that. Mm. Bitching. Yeah. I'm Matt Letizia, and thank you for listening to In That Number. Okay, uh, on to the Brighton game. I say we got we got two games to go through, so we'll we'll uh, we'll go through them. Um, but we'll, we'll go Brighton first, obviously. Uh, heading into this one, then, Kev. Like Brighton needed that win, didn't they, to secure Premier League survival? But um, you know, a point would have would have done it. Um, steady form going in, Brighton. I think unbeaten in their last five away games. We'll make that six now. Um, keeping a clean sheet uh, in each of their last three. Uh, no, no side is is uh, longer unbeaten on the road, so yeah, pretty decent form, I guess. Um, but, it, but it was one-one. Uh, Mope opened the score after 17 minutes, and that boy Ings on the 66 uh, 
plays 20th oh, yeah. of the season and that's 23rd in all competition. Uh, his, oh, so the starting 11 then, uh, five changes. Uh, McCarthy, Hoiberg, Bednarek, Vestergaard, Vokins, Smallbone, Ward-Prowse, Romeu, Redmond, Ings and Oberfemi. The bench of Gunn, Walker-Peters, Stevens, Danso, Bertrand, Armstrong, Long, Adams and 21-year-old loney Jacob Maddox on the bench. Um, expected to see more of him, actually, but, you know. Um, we mentioned during last episode that we expected some changes here, um, and we definitely got them, because we had, like, Hoiberg, Vestergaard, Vokin, Smallbone, and Oberfemi in. It was a league debut, incidentally, for, for Jake Vokin's uh, and reward for his Old Trafford heroics. Oberfemi replaces Adams. Uh, Vestergaard, given Stevens a well-earned rest, Smallbone replaced Armstrong for the same reason, um, and still resisting resting Ings. I don't know. Maybe he he knows he can still get the golden boot, or he did at this point and thought, you know, he doesn't want to deny him any of those minutes. Um, and Kevin, I, I put these lineups on our Instagram feed uh, before kickoff, assuming that, that James Wood-Prowse would, would be playing in that right-back role, but no, it wasn't the case. It was Hoiberg that was starting that. I made that assumption as well. Oh, OK. I felt like a right swap. Well, you should do. <laughs> Um, but yeah, start, what did you think of the eleven? Um, I was quite glad uh, because we know that with three games in one week, he's going to have to rest for one of them. And I would rather it was for the Brighton match than the Bournemouth one. We talked about Armstrong being just knackered, so it gives him a well-earned rest. Small bone coming in there. And um, yeah, Oberfemi innings. Um wasn't the best pairing, I suppose, but um, uh, yeah, I mean, are we worried about Ings being arrested? No, I don't think so. I think he, <laughs> he sees the finish line. I think um, he does really want to do it. Um, uh, who, who else has rested there? Bertrand. I think that was a, a bit of a surprise. Uh, Bertrand's been really consistent um, since the, the restart, and I um, can't say he's been particularly tired but yeah alright Weston um, Carl Walker-Peters it's the same really um, I don't understand not having a right back yeah. Valerie's still out still out yeah he? yeah. we haven't got the replacements have we so I mean, that's why I just assumed it was um, James Ward-Prowse were there but apart I mean I was talking to Steve and may- maybe he was he's still punishing Hoiberg he's like well you know you go in we know you're going if you're going to keep playing for this team you're going to play where I want you to play kind of thing and Maybe that was the the, the thinking there, which well, he did. Play to him. He yeah, did, he did yeah. it. He fair. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't complain. He he did it. Um, I must say, compared to some of the previous debacles we've had, like with Van Dijk or you know Fonte or any any of the other players, I think well, Hoiberg. Lallana. <clears throat> yeah, Lallana. I mean, how far back do we have to go? Um, Lovren, yeah. Lovren, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, Hoiberg's been really dignified. Um, um, yeah, yeah, true professional. Yeah, as, as you knew he would be. Yeah, so I'd give him his juice. Um, yeah, so I was happy. I didn't watch this game live. Um, I, I was given the chance to go to a pub quiz for the first time in about a year, so I thought, why the fuck not? It's going to be quite. Fuck? Yeah, it's not going to be the most exciting match, is it? But um, looking back at the highlights, it um, seems that the scoreline doesn't really reflect um, some of the more more interesting moments in the match. Well, I mean, you, you say you didn't watch this game. I, mean, I 
I fucking struggle to watch this game because I, yeah. I put it out on Twitter that I, I'm, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm red, green, colorblind. Oh yes. Really fucking pissed me off. Really, really pissed me off because I could not see a bastard thing. It was horrible. <laughs> like especially when there was a corner, everyone was just piled into the box, and it was like I, I had Hayden sat next to me, and every time a Brighton player touched the ball or a Saints player, or whatever, he was just like Brighton, Brighton, oh, Saints. Bless. I was like, right, okay, cheers, mate. And the, the, another, the other thing that annoyed me, they both had black shorts on. Because normally when that happens, when there's a kit clash like that, or, you know, if it's a light blue against a dark blue or whatever, I look at the shorts and it usually helps. But they, they were both wearing black shorts, so I couldn't do it. And, and another thing that annoys me is that Brighton's away shirt is black. That would have been perfect. But they chose to wear their third shirt and completely uh, annoy the, the entire red-green colorblind population community yeah no it's, it, you've got to have a community right oh yeah um i did see a lot of other um colorblind solidarity there um yeah they should really consider it you think it's not that difficult to do no it was a, it was a nightmare it was the worst thing i've ever seen watched it was just oh my god yeah so you know even trying to go back looking at notes and i was i was pausing the screen and thinking right who's that who's who's that who and i couldn't tell just could not tell it was worse than it's ever been, yeah. But anyway, that's my gripe out of the way. Um, we got into the game then. Uh, it, uh, defensively, I don't think we're at the races, Kev. I just think, especially the first half. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't. I, I, I'm just, you know, lazy defending a lot of it. Uh, Mo, Mope was was prominent quite early on at that double effort. It was a warning there, um, and they they were attacking Hoiberg's flank, rightly so, because um, he wasn't. You know, he wasn't exactly shopping himself again, not playing greatest. But then, you know, he's he's playing out of position, so you, you can see that. I, I just thought we had we had problems clearing our lines, and I, I thought I, I knew it was coming. I could see it was coming. But did do you? Um, I say looking at the score sheet, I was I was pleased, but um, I wasn't pleased to see Glenn Murray on there because you know that. Um, <laughs> no, you know he hasn't played for a while, has he? And no. As soon as you see his name, you thought, oh, he's got a goal in him, and he, he's going to get his goal. Yeah, and, and when they do come, they come against Saints, don't they? He didn't get the goal, however, but he did get got an, assist. Got an assist, yeah. <laughs> he's actually like, you know, he's 36 years old, and he's the oldest Englishman to register an assist in the Premier League since Peter Crouch. So that was 2017. So nice little stat for you there. Um, mm. And the goal, yes, yeah, so Mo, Mo paid with the, with the goal, seven, 17th minute. Um, awful defending. Um, and Mo yeah. pays into double figures for the season now, so he's had himself a decent season. Yeah, I just thought it was a horrible first half, mate. Just, it was just, it just sauntered. It was just there was nothing really of note. Um, Ings had the ball in the net at one point, didn't he? But um, Lampsy, well, Lampsy put it in, but it was it was offside. Um, yeah. And we could see that, you know, you said at the start of this, like getting there with an early Romeo red card and he, oh, sorry, yellow card, and he did that. Changes needed to be made. He was a spent force straight away in that first half. I thought I thought he was bad, Romeo. Oh. Um, the change, though, Kevin, that really, really did it for me was when Kyle Walker-Peters came on, um, allowing Hoiberg to go back into the middle. Obviously, yeah. Romeo come off, Kyle Walker-Peters back, back, and mm. Romeo, uh, sorry, Hoiberg shifted into the his usual centre midfield. Um, and Oberfemi, not not nothing to really write home about. Um, Adams came on, and the changes helped. I mean, that was it, wasn't it? Yeah, I think. Um... Uh, Jay and Ings were a much better strike partnership than Oberfemi and Ings. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, yeah, that, that um, offside goal, um, the goal that they score is pretty much the same idea, isn't it? Um, Redmond finding Ings just on, on the on the left there in Miles' space and just, yeah, um, 
cutting in. And um, well, he yeah, he runs in one one on one with the keeper, doesn't he? Just um, he, he runs yeah. further than I thought he would. He just keeps going. I mean, because Ings, I mean, um, doesn't like to shoot from inside the penalty area, does he? <laughs> There's nothing wrong with um, that. <laughs> but no, he just charges straight in and just the confidence, like right as soon as I see the keeper's beat, just um, yeah, drive it across the goal. That's right. Yeah. Um, Ings at the post as well, didn't he? Um, lovely little effort. Yeah, I mean, was there a part of the wood where it didn't hit in the, yeah. <laughs> that match? I and then dunk Clearburn off the line from Shea. Um, yeah, that, that was a great clearance. Um, there wasn't there a shot shot just before that? You want from Adams, yeah. Mm. I mean, see, so yeah, Ings is shot. Um, isn't it that like, um, hits the post and then Adams hits the rebound and dunk clears it off the line? That was it, yeah. That's it. Um, but then, you know, the, the chances were coming then. And, and exactly, yeah. I mean, it was at that point that I thought, okay... I think we're going to take all three points here. That first half I thought was poor. Um, anyway, you know, even we were one 0 down at that point, and I thought we're going to win this game. I mean, should have had that chance as well, didn't he? And he scuffed it wide. Poor, poor effort. Should have done. Better yeah, than that. doesn't quite get the right contact on it, does it? No. Um, and then Ings, you know, he does get his twentieth season. Oh, just incredible. It's just. He, Say, I, I knew I, I knew it was coming at that point. It was well deserved, and I think it was. Yeah, I just put it all down to those changes. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, think, I think Steve put it saying that too many changes um, um, it might have just upset the balance of the team. You know, especially because they're doing. You know, they were doing so well. I mean, we saw the FA Cup semi final with Man United made all those changes, and it was just too much. Couldn't get into it. Maybe it's the same thing happening there. The first half was just too much change, and it's just I think yeah. There's one change too many, and that changes. Um, Taking out Kyle Walker Peters and um, leaving a big hole at right back that um, we can be attacked through. I mean, we saw at the beginning of the season with all the um, makeshift fullbacks. Just can't do it. Yeah. Why, why bother? No, you're why right. Why bother? Danny Ings has become the 20th different Englishman to score 20 goals in a single season. 2020. Mm. Ah, in 2020, I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I just want to talk about that Vestergaard hit. Oh yeah, what a fucking belter! <laughs> but what a save as well from yeah, no, that was from the Aussie number one, Matt Ryan. Mm. Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> um, um, yeah, he's actually in my fantasy football team, Kev. So ah, okay. Although yeah, I'm lucky. Although didn't I, didn't, get a... I didn't start him. So. Ah, okay. Yeah, no, you're not going to get a clean sheet. You can't start anything. So although you, you know, I got the feeling that it wasn't his day. Um, yeah. But no, I guess his goal. Um, yeah, I don't know. Why couldn't we have started the half looking like that? The, the first half looking like that? Yeah, then... I mean, we possibly could have... what well, we would have won the game then, I'm pretty sure of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and there was a moment when um, Eve Basuma... Oh, God, that... my heart. absolute sitter. Oh, what's he doing? Yeah. I mean, Smallbone didn't have his greatest game when he came on. I thought he was... No. I thought he was bad. And it's particularly there, it was really lazy. He just gives up on the ball. Yeah, he just, just gave up, yeah. He's like, oh, well, fuck it. He's about to shoot, what are you doing? And it just shows you how important Stuart Armstrong is. You know, what, I mean, yeah, Smallbone's still, right. uh, still developing, but I don't After think that, Armstrong would have let him let him get away with that. Um, I don't know, I mean, although Armstrong, yeah, when he's tired, but I don't, yeah, he, he's, he's, it's not that he doesn't have the effort in him, he just doesn't have the energy, you know, but um, yeah, Smallbone. That was criminal, and um, he gets taken off straight after that. Yeah, probably got a talking down, hopefully, mm. anyway. Yeah, I'd say it was um, 
one one. But were you disappointed with that? Would you think it was a fair point? Were you yes. happy? Are you happy with it? I think I'd take a point at the end of it. Um, Brighton aren't a bad side, and we're both in that similar, you know, safe but more for pride now. Um, three points would have been nice. Um, Ralph was experimenting again, and he managed to save face with that equaliser. Um, yeah. I think, I mean, if you look at it before the game started and you said, oh, take a point, I wouldn't have been very happy. But I, I guess you look at the team, look at the changes, look at the, the amount of games that you've got in a week, you can say, yeah, OK. And particularly going 1-0 down, you can say a point. But I think our second half dominance, I was just disappointed with. I hate draws. I really don't like them. And um, rather yeah, we lost. No, of course not. But I just, yeah, I just just disappointed. I just come out at the end of this game with a huge sense of was that it? I mean, I was looking forward to that game because it was. I wasn't. Well, no, I was because I don't I don't get a chance to watch them live as much as I as I like at the moment where I'm working uh-huh. early's and I usually have to watch them afterwards and and. and I, it was one moment I could just sit down and I, I sat down with my son watching it and we were just just me and him I was really looking forward to it I was pissed off with the with the kits because I couldn't see and it was just yeah I was just I just felt a little bit a bit a bit annoyed a bit cheated at the end of the game that we should have got more out of it and you know a point okay that's fine we'll take it um but Kevin a word on um, on Jake Vokins his first Premier League start how did you think how do you think he did he was alright. Yeah, I thought he was good. Could have done worse. Could have done worse. Yeah, I thought he was impressive at parts. I thought. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if they were the parts that I've seen. <laughs> well, I mean, it looks like. Well, put it put it this way. I mean, I feel more safe or more comfortable that we've got him as a Bertrand replacement whenever we need to. Hmm. You know, if he gets injured or needs a rest, you know, I, I think he's there. You know, he had he was involved quite a bit to be fair. He was ranked fourth in touches. Um, and he had the second most effective pressing stats. Um, and he had that shot, that really low shot as well. With that, you know, he's got a good left foot on him, and that, you know that almost went in. But I, I'm I'm comfortable if he has to step in. If we need cover, because I mean, whenever we get a, a right back injury or a left back injury, it's always like shit. What are we going to do? We're going to have to bring in I don't know um, uh, McQueen or Valerie's going to have to start. It's just McQueen's still knocking about. Yeah, he was at Middlesbrough and he broke his leg, didn't he? He was out for oh, the season, shit, but yeah. yeah um, it's, but now I, I know that you know we've got Vokins. He, he's he's still going to learn. He's still young, but I thought he was good. I thought he was good. Okay. Um, Kevin, man of the match. It's got to be that boy Ings, isn't it? Okay. That that goal, yeah, loved it. Um, uh, he he should have had a hat trick, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, you could say that every game. <laughs> um, maybe not every game, but um, definitely in this one. Well, I, I was tempted to go with 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 Danny again. Um. Yeah, so he hit the post, almost an assist for Che, you know, he scored, um, had one chalked off, relentless attitude again, but I'm going to have to go with Kyle Walker-Peters again, because I think he changed it, um, whether that was him or the, or the, the system, but it was when he came on, it, it changed around, and I actually felt like we could win the game, and um, we had that pace in the second half, and, and despite only playing 45 minutes, he's near the top of the charts for interceptions and blocks, you know, he's second on XA, which is what we want to see from him, really. You know, the pace and the ability to put the ball in the box. And I thought he looked fresh throughout that second half um, and actually had the best dribbling stats as well, four for four. So I'll say it again, only 45 minutes of action. So I, like I said, we've, we've got ourselves a player there. We just need to keep him. Yeah. 
Sign the dotted line, Colonel. Bournemouth then from Sunday afternoon. Uh, looking to complete the double over us for the first time ever. Keep looking, Bournemouth. Um, yeah. <laughs> keep, keep looking from below. Yeah, it might be a while before they get the chance to do that again, actually. So, um, mm. yeah. Um, four of the last six meetings that ended in a draw, and but not the last one. If you remember, they uh, came to St Mary's back in September now. Christ, no. It's almost a year ago. Weird, isn't it? Um, and took their chances there and punished us 3-1. Um, but revenge of the sweetest kind, though, um, as we look to have given them a shove in the direction of the championship. Um, going into this site, we've never earned more than 28 points on the road in a top-flight season before. Even that 1983-84 First Division season when we finished three points behind Liverpool in second place. You know, We've now eclipsed that, um, and we've reached 31 points on the road. 31, yeah. yeah. And we ran out of, obviously, two nil winners. Unbeaten in six. Goals from that boy, Ings. After 41 minutes and putting the sherry on top. Uh, notching his second goal of the season, obviously. He's prolific, Kev. Goal machine. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think bring on roll on next season. Yes, I say 2-0. Ings, 41. Adams, right at the death, 96th minute. Uh, starting 11, then Kevin. Uh, McCarthy. Walker Peters, Stevens, Vestergaard, Bertrand, Armstrong, Ward Prowse, Romeu, Redmond, Long, and Ings, with a bench of Gunn, Adams, Oberfemi, Hoiberg, Smallbone, Vokings, Danso, Valerie, and Ferry. Five changes then, Mush, but overall, you know, a stronger looking team than it went that, that took on Brighton. So Stevens, Bertrand, Armstrong, Long, Walker Peters all came in for Smallbone, Hoiberg, Vokings, Oberfemi, and Bednarek. Uh, Bednarek actually out with a slight muscle problem and it wasn't worth risking, yeah. says Ralph. But um, strong team, Mush. Yeah, dream team. Back to the dream team. Mm. And that's exactly what I was expecting and that's exactly what I was got. I was really looking forward to this game. So was I. Yeah. I, I wanted, not because I wanted to put any punishment on Bournemouth. Like I said, nothing, nothing against Bournemouth. But um, yeah, I just wanted a, wanted a nice end on the road. Mm. Yeah, you knew it was going to be tasty. Mm. Yeah. Um, and once again, though, early pressure, early corner, had a penalty shout for handball. But I think, personally, the way I saw it, I don't think a lot of Saints fans saw it this way as well, but I thought Bournemouth settled really, really quickly after that, that quick spam. They looked the better side. Um, not exactly great brand of football. I mean, they were putting the crosses in, getting getting their corners. Callum Wilson had that header. Um, and yeah, Callum Wilson not scored since March, obviously because wow. of the coronavirus, so that doesn't help. But... Um, no. But Bournemouth generally struggling, struggling for goals, and, and particularly, you know, second half of the season they have done, and hence well, that's why you know where they are. But I, yeah, I just thought the brand of football that they were playing wasn't, as I say, it wasn't the greatest to watch. It was more direct, wasn't it? They were just going long throws, long balls. It was those. But that's that's what beats us, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. It was fine. I mean, you, you just throw everything against us, and especially when you've got Vesta guy playing at the back because the guy scares me. Especially when he's running, you know, towards our goal, it's just I don't trust him, and I think they they knew that I too. Like him. Um, yeah, and I, personally, I thought Bournemouth were the better side. Starting off, yeah, they did start off strong. I mean, that Diego Rico, he was really busy, wasn't he? Yeah, for the left he back. Was, yeah, yeah, getting balls in left, right, and centre. Um, yeah, I think I nipped out to um, knock up a, a sandwich just at the beginning. I was like, just tell me what I've missed. And she was like, well, Diego Rico did this. Diego Rico did that. Diego Rico did this. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Shane Long does his normal runabout, doesn't he? And um, 
Yeah, the, the odd, odd chance, but yeah, Bournemouth definitely stronger side than the, in the first half. Yeah, that that Lloyd Kelly shot um, mm. ruffled the side net. I thought it was in. Really? I did. Yeah, I thought. So. Oh shit! And I was like, oh, oh, it's not. <laughs> I felt like an idiot. I mean, I don't even know if the crowd noise was uh, was cheering because sometimes that goes wrong, doesn't it? But um, yeah, I thought it was in. Um, and then the, Josh King had that penalty claim um, when he and Stevens were tussling for possession. I hands up, I thought it was a penalty, like watching it real time. But then obviously watching it back, I thought that no, referee's made the mm-hmm. right decision there. Um, yeah, I just think they, they probably should have taken advantage because Vestergaard was looking dodgy. <laughs> the lack of pace um, against the likes of like Callum Wilson and King, it's just, he made that clumsy tackle that he didn't need to do as well outside the box, just um, by the left side there. And I just thought, he made up for it, I don't know. Yeah, but the thing is, he kept on making stupid decisions and then making up for it. It was just he, like, made, he did make some absolute blinders of um, tackles and, and blocks. Sure, and he did blocks, he did clearances, he did all the things that he's supposed to be doing. But he also does these stupid things that he doesn't need to be doing. Uh, it's just like, what is he doing? Why does he do that? That's why he scares me. I just don't want him anywhere near my team. Oh, really? Yeah. Just wow! I mean, I don't know. Uh, we 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 said the same thing about um, Jack fucking Stevens before, didn't we? He's you know he's not cut out to be. He's a proper um, defender. He's a proper defender. Jack Stevens is a proper centre back. Do you not think Vestergaard can go into that? No, I think Vestergaard does all those things. Like, we, mate, we bought him for the sole purpose of like clearing, blocking. Tackling. Um, that's that's his bread and butter. But it's the stupid things that he needs to stop. That he needs to cut out. Would you trust him on the ball? Um, it depends. I mean, his distribution's pretty good. I, I don't know. I, I'm just. Uh, I, I just think. I, I just think he needs to go. I need to get a replacement for him. Well, if we if we're being offered 15 million for him and Ralph doesn't think he can work him into the system, then yeah, fair play. But I, I don't think he's as bad as Saints fans make out. Um, I thought he had a good game against Portman. That's just the thing, right? I thought, he, yeah, I, I thought that there's a lot of stats that say he did have a good game, and mm. I, 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 mean, I counted a few times when he got when he got the ball out of the box, and I thought, yeah, nice clearance. Oh, it was Vestergaard again. But then there was that occasion at the ends where he loses the ball, or he makes a tackle, and he's just like, Pat, it's so slow and clumsy, and it get, I think it lands to, um, was it was it um, Callum Wilson? And then he, he has a shot, and then out of nowhere, Vestergaard comes and blocks it. It's just like, <laughs> don't make those mistakes in the first place. So, you know, it's maybe he's doing it on purpose, Kev. Maybe it's just like I need to do something really, really good here. You know? I don't know, but I mean, yeah, if he makes those fuck ups, and um, as yeah, as long as he cleans cleans up after himself. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't know. Shit, where you want. <laughs> Um, but anyway, enough of Vestergaard for now. But I mean, I, I just thought we were struggling to find rhythm. And yeah, we were. I, I mean, I was just noting down actually that Romeo was playing too negative. He was, he was really, really deep. Um, and then he sends this great cross in for, for, for James Ward-Prowse, that header. And it was the most excited I got at that point, to be honest. And obviously it came to nothing. Straight to keeper. Straight to keeper, yeah. Um, Kyle Walker-Peters, another good performance, I thought. Uh, yeah, that, that, that cross, that low cross that Bournemouth did and... Um, he come in and slide it out, slid out of nowhere and saved a certain goal there. I thought he was brilliant again. I think I sent you a message saying that, you know, there was a set-piece goal coming at that point as well, because just don't trust us. I still 
I, I still. I mean, I mean, do you get nervous whenever there's a corner? Um, I still do. Yeah, I mean, there was quite a few in the first half, wasn't there? Yeah, I, I could see. I mean, I think I said it to a few people at the time that there's a there's a set piece goal coming there. It'll be from a corner or a long throw. It's gonna it's gonna come because we're, we're, we're not we're not going to be able to deal with it. I'm, I'm trying to think of other chances of note. I think Redmond had that sweet volley, left foot um, volley, and it went straight down Ramsdale. Uh, <laughs> straight down, straight, straight down, straight down. Yeah. He fucking swallowed. <laughs> <laughs> and but as I said, I think Bournemouth were enjoying the best moments of the game, but they still mm. weren't testing Maka. Not really. I mean, did, did well, not at much? all. Not at all. Um, and then right before the half, it was um, that boy Ings. Yeah, you think if um, but if we can come out of this first half not losing, we'll be fine. Yeah. Bournemouth just haven't got the creativity. They haven't got the, the depth quality, on the bench. Yeah. All the depth, yeah. You're right. Um, see it out. So, yeah, but we have. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we went out 1-0 up. And thank, thanks to Man of the Moment. That boy Ings. Yeah, 12, 12 away goals in the season. Now, it's matched Letiz. Matched Letiz. That's <laughs> um, now 19 different teams he scored against now. And that's overtaking James Beattie. He's getting legendary figures in terms of numbers this season. Long may it continue. Yeah. I see some fans are saying it's going to be a one-season wonder. You know it. He's going to be injured all the next season, or he's not going to find that form. It's right, as long as Shea Adams does, we'll be all right. Um, <laughs> uh, I saw a tweet at the break, actually, that made me chuckle, and I thought I'd have to... Um, I thought I'd share. I don't know if you saw it, but... Um, I, I, I Forgive me, I can't remember... I, I can't remember who it was that said it. I was just wrote it down. But um, if I came if I came home and found Ings in bed with the missus, oh, I'd plump his pillow and tuck the bastard in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, breakfast in bed the next morning. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Kev, I, I did actually the last couple of weeks we haven't been taking any stats down for the half time, so I, I, I did I did do some for this one. Good night. Yeah. Uh, Bournemouth didn't manage a single shot on target in the first half to our three. Um, and we also had 56% of possession, which surprised me a bit because I thought Bournemouth had the better. You know, most of that first half, I thought they were better than us. Um, but McCarthy not busy at all. Well, it would suggest considering they didn't make a shot on target. But um, anyway, they made that change at the break, didn't they? Harry Wilson came on for David Brooks. Mm. Um, and Harry Wilson actually scored against us last season, didn't he, for Derby when they knocked us out of the FA Cup. That's right. And I thought we started the second half. Wow, I thought it was okay. Yeah, <clears throat> I think it's just a matter of time then, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. and uh, a great substitution from Eddie Howe paid off when uh, Harry Wilson had the handball. <laughs> Hands in an unnatural position and we get the penalty. Tell me about the penalty, Kev. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, you know, um, Ings, Ings steps up. I think, okay, you know, he's just scored a goal. Get this. Um be on for a hat-trick and it'd be up there with Jamie Jamie Vardy wouldn't he <laughs> but I don't know what he's thinking now whenever anyone takes a penalty and they don't just take you know a run up with even steps it just gets me fucking enraged and when it's my team I was absolutely furious because he, he just wastes the whole of the run up and just uses the one the last yeah. step to, no momentum, to yeah. no momentum no power and yeah Ram, Ramsca, Ramsdale's a good keeper and it does not rocket science just fall in the right direction um, yeah 
Well, he's, wait, he's waiting for Ramsdale to make that move, isn't he? That's the whole point of a stutter, and then you've got the open net. But yeah, but he's trying to mug him off, and it doesn't doesn't work. It's just pure arrogance. It's, I mean, yeah, but it's, it's one not, of those, not just yeah. he. Whenever know, a player does it, yeah. I think you wanker. <laughs> yeah, right. it does. But then, Zaza, I know. Oh, yeah, the World Cup, yeah, the little. Yeah. Thing. How many steps did he do? Uh, yeah. yeah. What, what are you doing? Yeah, Pogba, Pogba does it as well, doesn't he? And it's. Yeah, I, I always think like, yeah, go on. But then again, mate, Ronaldo so, does it, and he fucking tucks him away all the time. That's I, Ronaldo, isn't it? Yeah, but then I, I don't know if Ings had scored that, we'd be having a very, very different conversation right now, though. It's just mm. it, it, when it when it works, it looks so fucking good, and when it doesn't, you look like a twat. Remember when Pirlo did it for us in the Euro? Uh, did it for for us? Did it, <laughs> did it for Italy in the Euros against us? Oh, mate, that was the coolest penalty ever. I just wanted to punch the guy and then give him a high five. It was just like he ran up and the the, the pressure, and he does the little chip, and it's just like you cocky bastard. But yeah, not quite the level of Pirlo there. Danny but then you know we we haven't got anything to criticise Danny about have we that's the only negative thing we can say about him in recent it's the years. first time he's missed a penalty isn't it yeah so um, but moving on anyway Bournemouth still created some chances Callum Wilson had another header um, Harry Wilson had a great shot that was a marvellous save from Macca yes yeah <laughs> and I'm going to be honest Kev I, I mean I saw this game exactly like the Everton and Brighton ones before that another 1-1 I just felt like I was going to come out cheated again. And like I said before, like Vestergaard then fucked up with that tackle and then gave the ball away and, and made a fantastic block. So, yes, he made amends. And then, Kev, the Brighton... That's the Brighton. The Bournemouth goal. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wow. Um, harsh. Very, very harsh. Yeah. Um, but, it, but it was the right decision. Oh, of course, yeah. It was the right decision, but it's just harsh on... On Eddie, you see his face, you know the heartbreak, you know how much a point would have done for them, and to, to go, you know, to go from that and then Shea up the other end, lovely <laughs> little take, lovely strike, two 0 and it's like, cheers. <laughs> yep, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just a, the whole gamut of emotions, wasn't it? Um, and it's from a corner, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we concede pretty much inevitable isn't it um, <laughs> then you think oh fuck you know, they've done it and then it gets ruled out for offside and um, yeah then uh, Che getting the, the the goal at the death um, it's just you know, brilliant turn of fortunes was that am I right that's the latest goal Premier League history yeah Premier League history yeah yeah, um, yeah Ralphie time yes Ralphie time yeah um, Vestergaard like I said we would you know, I'd probably go back to him a little bit. Um, clearances, aerial drills, blocks. Fantastic. But it's the ugly stuff, Kev. It's the, the bookings, the reckless tackles, the lack of his speed. Um, and I think it was clear that Bournemouth saw him as a weak link. That's he- that, that's why he had so many clearances and, and, and aerial duels, is because the ball was being pinged into him. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's where I stand on him anyway. But I'll, I'll move off, because obviously you, you thought, thought you had a good game. Um, I'm going to ask you for your man of the match, Kev, and please don't tell me it's Vestergaard. Um, I'm not going to tell you it's Vestergaard. Um, yeah, I don't have the stats to back it up, but um, to, just throughout the match, I was very impressed by Carl Walker Peters again. Um, uh, yeah, just made the match for me. Oh, you're going with Kyle Walker Peters? Yeah. Um, 
I, I, I thought it was tricky, this one. Uh, but I, and I was tempted to go with Kyle Peters again. Um, but if I'm honest, I was kind of like, I would be talking myself into that because I've done it so often lately and it's just like the the norm for me at the moment. Um, oh, although, you know, taking just, that burden away from you now, haven't I? Yeah, yeah. His stats were were all good. You know, he's easy on the eye too. It's not just all about the stats, you know. It's a sexy lad. Yeah. yeah um, but I was, I, was, I was in doubt. And, and, you know, what happens when I'm in doubt? Give it to Sudani. I give it to Sudani, yeah. You know, the goal, the press, topping the charts on XG as you'd expect. Um, but that penalty, unforgivable, I'm sorry. No, I mean, he scored, so... Um, yeah, Danny Ings okay. Danny Ings. That's what he does. No, That's what he does. <laughs> no, he wasn't in contention at all. Oh, but he's, he is for me. No, he, yeah, he's... It's like I don't know him anymore. Oh, Kevin, Kevin. Look at, <laughs> look, look at the stats, mate. Look at the stats. Yeah. Mate. They don't lie. Um, right, okay. We're going to go to Statman Steve. Steve is that man. Steve the motherfucking staff man. Okay then, Statman Steve. Steve, how are you? Hey, yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Um, yeah, it's been a busy week, but um, yeah, a busy almost week, there at the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> always a busy week, yeah. yeah. Oh, I meant to ask actually, how is your wisdom tooth? Um, yeah, it's a lot better actually. I've not had any problems since, um, yeah, when it flared up. Um, you not had it out yet or anything? Then? No, no, I did actually speak to um, the receptionist at the dentist and they said that if it happens again, like it would definitely need to be taken out, but mm-hmm. I've not had any problems with it, so I'm trying to. Um, still yeah, on painkillers? Get away from it. No, 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 it's, it's been absolutely fine. Just trying oh, to good. keep away from like eating on my left side, but how long, <laughs> be, how long I'll be able to keep that up is another story. <laughs> I actually went to the dentist last week, my first dentist trip, because I had an appointment okay. in May and I went back and it was, um, yeah, temperature check, ma- mask. Oh, okay. Put me in a yeah. mask and I, as soon as I got really? into the room, like, you can take your mask off now. It's like, well, that was... <laughs> yeah. Goodness, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, so yeah, two more games for you mm. to talk about this week and actually the Brighton one was was it last Thursday so it's quite yeah quite a way back so I hope you can, uh, <laughs> can remember so um we'll start with that Brighton game then what are your what are your thoughts from uh from the Brighton game yeah I mean I thought kind of going into it that was as I remember it was the Man United game before that yep. so obviously the players have put in a real shift and deservedly so I thought Ralph was going to make some changes just because we'd had um, so many players play um, games before that and they were looking quite tired so I think it was the right time to make changes but I think Ralph made a lot of changes (laughs) Um, I think five in total (laughs) for for the Brighton game Um, so yeah I, I, I was thinking before the game I was thinking potentially if he just brings in maybe like two or three fresh fresh faces then that's that'll be good because then we can kind of maintain a level of consistency and then those new players can kind of be um kept alongside the other players and and they should be should be fine but i think too many changes definitely told um you could tell in the first half so yeah overall i thought i thought the first half was very lacking in consistency and that basically goes down to the squad rotation yeah um so yeah, I thought. But I, in terms of the players he actually brought in, and I thought, um, I thought Vokins had a had a very good game. Um, so actually watching the highlights back, and I remember he had that shot from outside the box. Oh yeah, kind the, of, the, the low bit, one. Um, 
Yeah, it was yeah, yeah. so so close to going in. Um, and I thought I thought we had a pretty decent game um, coming yeah, out left I back thought so. I thought for so. Yeah. Also, I thought um, I thought Vestergaard had a pretty decent decent game as well. But um, I wasn't too impressed in the first half with Romeo or Hoiberg. Um, yeah, I'm not sure the decision to put Hoiberg a right back. Maybe that was just to kind of uh, punish. <laughs> Ralph, yeah, Ralph telling him that um, yeah, if you wanna if you wanna be in the side for the last few games, you got to play in the position I tell you to play in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I put the the, the team lineup on our Instagram feed, and I actually had Ward Prowse put there because you know I think a lot of people thought he was going to be there as well because you know you put him anywhere and he'll do it for you. But um, yeah, as soon as it started, mm. it was with really Hoiberg playing back there. I was like, oh, oh, okay. Um, and he struggled a bit, didn't he, that back there? I asked if he, he did. Yeah. yeah, he did. Um, uh, in the highlights I was watching back, he did actually have a good shot, but again, straight at the keeper. So yeah. just, yeah, another Pierre shot. <laughs> typical, typical, yeah. Um, do you have any interesting stats on this Brighton game? Um, yeah, I think kind of when I was kind of looking back at the game, I thought we played much better in the second half. But um, one thing which I didn't notice so much in the game was... Um, Brighton actually did defend very, very well. Um, they actually kind of outscored us in all of those defending stats. And I think it could tell we, we found it quite hard to unlock their defence and, um, you know, kind of build on build on the goal that Danny Ng scored. Um, so, yeah, I think overall looking at the game, there wasn't like massively standout performers, but I thought Redmond made a good case for himself in that game. Obviously, he set up the assist for Ings' goal, um, but he also had the greatest pro- progressive forward distance in the game and the most successful dribbles. So I think it was telling that his assist was kind of the breakthrough for Danny Ings to, to get his goal. Um, I think that both both of them had a had a really good game in terms of Ralph's press. So they both um, led the press for, for Southampton. They, um, and respectively, Ings had the most um, presses in the game at 18, and, and Redmond had it um, had the second most on, on 13. So I think if if we were going to get anything from the game, those two needed to step up, and they did. Um, so I think that that for me was what I kind of got out of the stats. So kind of looking back at it, it wasn't necessarily a great game, but credit to uh, to Brighton, they defended very well. Yeah, I completely agree with that. It wasn't exactly the best game, and it was one of those games where it was just like. I don't know, it was kind of petering out towards the end and I thought there's no way we're going to win this game and it's just, it's got draw written all over it. I should have, should have saw that coming to be, to be fair. But um, <laughs> it, was, it was one of those difficult ones as well to pick man of the match because I, I, I mm. had to struggle and I had to go back and then rewatch it um, a few occasions and, and actually, you, you know, you picked out Vokings because I thought he had a decent game as well. Redmond, mm. I thought, yeah, he'd come back mm, into yeah. his own a little bit and um, as you said then, his stats back that up. But um, who did you go for on this one? Who was your man of the match? Um, I actually went for Ings just because of his goal, but I think the re- another kind of reason for that is that he hit that 20 goal mark on on that game, which I think is absolutely outstanding for um, mm. the season season he's been having. And um, at that po- point as well, that was um, really kind of pushing him on for the golden boot. And I think that was such a vital game, like pre Bournemouth, for him to be able to add to his goal tally. So um, that's that's who I've gone for. Excellent, nice. Um, and then. A game a little bit closer was uh, Sunday's trip to Bournemouth. Um, Indeed, yeah. Yeah. How did you see this one? <laughs> I 
I thought it was going to be a lot more comfortable than it was. I think I, I think I predicted a free one. Um, you did, so yeah. Clearly... I think you wanted you, you you predicted a little bit of revenge from the, <laughs> yeah. from the fixture, but yeah, That's it. yeah, and it and it could well have been as well. Um, yeah, I, I thought we um, we should have put away more of the chances than than we did. So um, I'm sure we'll get onto that. But uh, yeah, I thought I thought it'd be a lot more comfortable than it was, and um, yeah. Heart was kind of racing at the end because it's never comfortable uh, Saints, is it really? <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, no, I, I thought we started very well. Um, and obviously, Ings got his goal. And again, I, I was just thinking, as soon as he gets that, as soon as he gets that ball from Redmond, um, he's just looking to, to cut inside and shoot. And I thought it was so obvious what yeah. he was going to do. You can't do anything was, about it though, was, you, you can't stop. It's just, yeah, I was so surprised that they let him kind of, you know, he didn't really maneuver in that much space and the shot was outside the box in the end I think he kind of yeah. um sort of came out from the box and had that shot but it was just such a great technique in order to score it there wasn't too much curl but he kind of got his um got his toes on it enough to um like slight curl slight poke in the corner um but with the power it was such a great goal um yeah very impressed with him but we could have been two or three up by, by half time and yeah. uh, I was very disappointed that we <laughs> and then of course um the equaliser, <laughs> the, the Surridge yeah. goal. Oh, the equaliser that wasn't, yeah. Yeah, you, you, I mean, there is a part of me that felt for him because, you know, that, that point would have done so much for them. Mm, it would have done to, one. And then yes. to have it snatched away, and not just snatched away, I mean, VAR, fair enough, take it away, but then what Shea Adams did at the other end must have just been heartbreaking for him because, I mean, just to say the goal difference, you look at the goal difference down there and mm. it's oh, so tight. It is very tight, yeah. They needed um, they needed a point really, um, but they obviously didn't get it. And I think it was telling though because Bournemouth were struggling. They were playing very um, route one football, were playing mm. lots of um, long throw-ins. And I think I can't remember if it came from a corner or a long throw um, for Surridge's, well, not goal, but um, yeah, throw, <laughs> I, yeah. I think yeah, yeah. They, they, I think one of the throws at the end was kind of from the halfway line. And I was thinking, like, what, you know, what are they doing? They've got four attackers at the front, just, just play it into them. Um, but yeah, you could tell they were very much struggling. Yeah. Um, and any interesting stats from this one? Yeah, um, I wanted to kind of highlight some some players that kind of don't necessarily get the credit, but I think probably should deserve a bit more than they do. Um, so what four players in particular? Um, so I thought Romeo had a very good game, considering he got that early yellow card against Brighton and, and he was hauled off, hauled off at half half time. I thought he came back and did a very good job in, in the middle of the park. Mm. Um, yeah, he had four four blocks and five shot creating actions, which was the most in the game. Um, I thought, yeah, yeah, he, he, Romeo does um, does help kind of going forwards. It's just his his um, his product isn't so great, and I noticed that. You know, a couple of players were kind of stretching to get on the end of his crosses. Um, but I thought he did very well. Um, yeah, a lot better than Yeah, the also want to highlight... Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, also wanted to highlight Bertrand as well, um, who's top for passes completed and attempted. Um, and I thought he just kept looking to go forwards and he was always moving the ball because I think right at the end, we were just expecting him to hold that in the corner. Um, but then he kind of does a couple of players, passes it to Oberfemi, and then Adams gets his goal, so... Very, very impressed with Bertrand because he does all of that underrated um, kind of action in the game. And I don't think many fans see it as potentially I do because he, he, he contributes so much. And when he's missing, we definitely do feel it. 
Um, I, I always feel with Bertrand that the fans get on his back an awful lot, and I don't quite understand. Yeah. I think it always seems like when he's doing the right things, he's never getting credit for it. Whenever he's doing the wrong things, they're kind of magnified, and I really do think that's unfair. Yeah, I think in part as well because you know he's he's 30 years old now. Um, kind of he he's at that end of or you know getting towards the end of his kind of peak time in his career, uh, and um, you know he's he's probably not going to move on to a, like a massive club or anything like that. So I think he's he's been a good servant for the club, and people don't necessarily appreciate that as much as, as I think they should. Yes. Yeah. Well said. Um, but yeah, no, um, couple, couple more players were, yeah, Vestergaard, I thought, I thought he did, he didn't do great in the first half, but in the second half, um, I think he got that block right at the end. Oh um, yeah, but he, he caused it in the first, he gave the ball he away, did, didn't though. he? He did, though, he did, to be fair, but <laughs> he, he saw the ball the most, which is, um, quite surprising. But quite worrying I, as well. <laughs> yeah, I think as long as he's got it, as long as he's not running with his back to goal, as long as he's not running yeah, back yeah. towards goal, he's okay. Um, but uh, yeah, and then lastly, just just McCarthy as well because he was um, I was really really impressed with him because I thought he did keep us in the game. He made that a really good save from from Harry Wilson um, oh, to yeah. kind of tip it yeah, yeah. behind the bar. Um, and then also where he was coming out so quick to win the ball against Callum Wilson. Um, I think VR had a look at that just in case it was a penalty, but he just smothered it and got the ball. I think that was a yeah very good save from him. Yeah, another good performance from from McCarthy. He seems to have like five good performances and then one shocker. But yeah, um, <laughs> just have to know which one it will be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, man of the match for the Bournemouth game. Um, yeah. So actually, keeping on McCarthy, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to McCarthy because I think he he did keep us at at the end from uh, you know drawing the game and um, yeah, perhaps it was a lot of luck that Bournemouth didn't get their goal counted, but I thought McCarthy. You know, saved some very good shots, and we could have easily let in a couple of goals there. Yeah, another good choice. Well done. Um, okay, before we let you <laughs> go, uh, I need a score prediction from Sheffield United. Last game of the season. What do you think yeah. about this one? Yeah, so I think with Sheffield coming into this game, they just come off the back, back uh, of a defeat against Everton, I believe. Um, and I thought Sheffield United have very much lacked the consistency that they showed pre-lockdown. Yeah. Um, so I think they'll want to they'll want to show something um, considering that defeat to Everton and um, potentially might be looking at the game where where we beat them earlier on in the season and thinking you know let's let's get a bit of re- revenge for that. No Gineppo though. No Gineppo though, unfortunately. So <laughs> no wonder goal goal no. of the month. Um, but yeah, I I really 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 want Ings to go for the golden boot and. I'd love him to get two goals, even if even if he shares that golden boot with Vardy. I'd love him to get it. Um, should have tucked that penalty away. Should have done, yeah. He could have been, could have been so close. Mm. Um, but I'd like to go for like a high kind of scoring game. I think let's let's see it out in style. Um, I think my heart kind of goes for a win, but I'm thinking let's let's keep that unbeaten run going. And I think I'm going to go for a two-all draw there. But I think that's being kind mm. to Sheffield because they've kind of struggled for goals. Mm, especially on the road, but yeah, a nice um, high scoring try. That'd be an interesting game. It's going to be certainly more interesting yeah. than the prediction that I've gone for, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think just let's let's see it out. Um, our last last game of last season was against Huddersfield, which is kind of like a drab. It was a one-all draw. Um, so yeah, let's see it out in style. But yeah, going on last season, you know, I, I'm not sure we'll win it, but let's keep the unbeaten run going. I think. And apparently, you said uh, you said to me before we went on air that you you heard that the Saints were going to be 
debuting their new kit for next season. Yes, yeah. I've seen that on, on the Saints website, so it'd be interesting um, to see what the players look like in the kit for the first time. Mm, very good, yeah. Cool. Okay, Steve, thanks very much. Awesome. No worries. Um, yep. Okay, Kevin, um, Sheffield United, uh, the last game of the season. It's here, Sunday the 26th at 4pm kickoff. Um, where do we start with Sheffield United? I mean, I don't know about you, Kev, but I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, I wasn't thrilled, really, when they got promoted last season. No, nothing against Sheffield United personally, but I just thought they'd go straight back down again. Yeah. Um, I thought they'd finish bottom. I think they'd struggle to win five games uh, and struggle to score goals in this division. But how wrong was I? And I've been so impressed. I'm glad I was wrong because I really, yeah. really enjoyed watching them. And mm. they have impressed me so much. And what performance they put. I'm jealous because... I expect this is where I expected Saints to be at that level. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you should, we should listen back to our season preview. I think we'll feel like a right couple of twats. Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, I even said this to our to our guest that we had on, um, Travelling Blade, who's going to help us with this game. And, and I said that I felt like a right idiot. And he he said, yeah, the pundits are all the same. There's a lot of them that said no. Sheffield United are not are not going to do anything. So it wasn't just us. Um, but yeah. Clearly, you haven't been following them in the, in the championship the season before. Exactly, and that's why I feel bad that I've just made that assumption that they are going to struggle. But what what a joy they've been! Um, yeah. And I don't think I've come across any fan of, of football that hasn't been impressed with, with what they've achieved. You know, I mean, I haven't spoken to any Shepherd Wednesday fans. I've know I know quite a few Wednesday fans, oddly enough. Um, so um, maybe I could ask them what they think about it. But um, and Chris Wilder as well. I mean, manager of the season for me. Has to be, although it would probably go to Klopp. But, um, yeah, rightly so. But yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, he's already picked up the LMA award in 2019 calendar year. So, yeah, I just think he's, you know, what a bloke, what a great season. I mean, Kev, you could you could probably manage that Liverpool team. <laughs> you couldn't manage that Sheffield United team like he does. No, that is definitely very distinctive. Um, game they play, sort of, yeah, total football. Yeah, that that whole three centre backs and the and the two wing backs that they deploy. Um, yeah, it's great, great for fancy football teams. Yes, um, but yeah, a word on on Sheffield United from you in general, Kev. What, what do you think about well and and the game as such? What what are you expecting from it? Um, I mean, they they are a fucking dangerous team. Um, we've seen what they've done to. To Chelsea and mm. to Spurs yeah, since the restart. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm just looking at their results. Yeah. Um, nil nil with Villa. Um, but yeah, that was a controversial game, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, um, it was. They yeah. they should have won that. That's that's that was just fucking outrageous. Yeah. Um, I still don't understand how like if if they got VAR right. Yeah, VAR didn't even look at it, did it? That's bullshit. Um, losing three 0 to Newcastle, and then United by the same score line. Losing to Arsenal in their fake out. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's picked up since then, I suppose. Yeah. Only the last couple of matches that they've been a bit shit. So I don't know. Mm. Maybe, maybe the, I mean, both sides are going to want to um, go out on a bang. Um, neither has got anything to play for as such. 
Um, I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking Ralph's included a lot of um, fringe players like we've got Wial, Jankovic, and Jacob Maddox, and um, who else have we had in? Will Ferry. Will Ferry, yeah. Um, are they going to get a look in, in the last match? Cause I reckon I, so. I, re- I don't reckon they'll start. I reckon he'll. Um, he'll I, re- I think Ralph will use all five subs here. And I think a lot of those kids are going to see some, some Premier League debuts here. Oh, yeah, in the 82nd minute. when Yeah, oh, yeah, it'll be like that. When the game's, you know, beyond doubt, it will be... Yeah, let's bring them on. Let's give, let's give <laughs> well, beyond doubt that it's a, a nil-nil. <laughs> yeah. Um, OK, so I'm going to ask you for your prediction then, Kev. What are you going for? Can I ask you to go first so I can go the opposite from you because I need to catch you? Um, OK. Unless um, you want well, me to go first. I don't know. I mean, whose turn is it to go first? I don't know. But no. Well, it seems I said um, nil-nil. Fuck it. Nil-nil. You're a twat because I've got nil-nil written down. <laughs> well, you should have gone first then, shouldn't you? Well, I'm going to change it now then, aren't I? Because I need to catch you. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm the same as you, Kev. I think it's the last game of the season when we saw, you know, was it the Huddersfield game last season? Oh, Christ, how, that was miserable. Yeah, how bad that was. Um I think it's going to be another similar one to that. And as you say, I think there's going to be a lot of youngsters that are going to get some action. Ralph's going to get credited for bleeding some more youngsters and, and, and giving them their debuts. And Sheffield United are just, you know, heads elsewhere now. They can't get into Europe. It's going to be cagey. It's going to be, I mean, if they set up at five at the back as well, or three at the back, whichever way you look at it, um, we are going to find it difficult to break them down. And also, I don't think they've got, you know, masses of quality up front to be able to do the same with us. Depends if Vestergaard's playing or not. Um, but that's why I had nil-nil. I just had it as a, as a draw. Um, but because you've gone nil-nil, I'm going to go one-nil Saints. Hmm. So Danny Ings going to get a bit okay. Yeah, I mean, Sheffield United, they're guaranteed a top-half finish. Um, we we can't finish in the top-half of the table. Um, I think... It's either we're either going to finish eleventh or twelfth, right? Yeah. Really doesn't matter that much. And it does for money. That's a couple of million. Couple of million quid. Yeah. Um, I say she- yeah, Sheffield eighth and ninth. I suppose there might be more to play for, but it's just. It's not yeah, fixture, I think it's it? going to be procedural. Yeah, sure. Joining us now to help us prepare for the last game of the season against Sheffield United, we'd like to welcome Travelling Blade to answer our questions regarding this fixture. Um, but where do we start with Sheffield United? You know, what a season. Not perhaps blessed with a huge amount of firepower up front, but what they do so well is stopping the opposition from scoring. I think only Liverpool have conceded less. I think that's right. Um, currently, in eighth place, made most pundits look like fools. And I'm not ashamed to say me too. I actually had them finishing in 20th. Like, But, you know, they're chasing Europe. This must have been a fantasy for all Blades fans. It's been an absolutely incredible season. Um, you were talking about making pundits and even yourself uh, eat their words. Um, you know, name to name a few. Adrian Durham, um, he called Billy Sharp a League One striker. Lo and behold, he scores on the first game of the season. Um, I think he's had about three goals and assists this season with very little game time as well. Obviously, it always, it always brings a lot more than just goals to the team. Um, his leadership on, on and off the pitch is uh, priceless. 
Um, you know, we've had Garth Crooks say that we play basic football, um, very basic football for the Premier League. I think it was that day uh, when he said that we were 2 0 down to Chelsea. Lo and behold, we equalised and drew the game 2 all away at Stamford Bridge. So thanks a lot, Garth Crooks. I'm pretty sure Chris Wilder takes notes of what these um, uh, frauds, let's call them what they are, frauds say. Um, and puts them on the dressing room wall and it, it, it gives that players that extra bit of a bite, an extra bit of fight out on the pitch, knowing that there's people um, calling them, you know, basically playing them down and um, <clears throat> not believing in them. Um, it's been an incredible season, but even myself, I, I think my optimistic prediction was 15th. Um, I've done a lot of like things like before the season, you know, going on like things like five live talks, but stuff such as that. And a lot of people were asking me, oh, do you think you'll stay up? And I was like, I'm certain we will stay up. Where, you know, it might be a matter of goal difference or one or two points. It might not be much, but I was certain we were going to stay up. And they're like, oh, are you sure? And I was like, I'm certain because there's no way Chris Wilder is going to get relegated. Just isn't, Chris Wilder hasn't got a relegation in him. Um, so I was certain of that. I didn't know where we'd finish. I thought it might be, I'd have said bottom half, um, to be honest. And um, my thinking about my optimistic prediction was 15th, and that was me trying to be optimistic. I think there's been some games where some of them have been easier than I expected. I can't lie to say there's no no easy games, but I thought everyone was going to be really hard to break down. There's been times where we teams have been easy, and that's just, that's not been not necessarily being the teams that are lower down in the league. There's sometimes where we've played teams higher up the league and we've caught them out. I mean, for instance, the other day, we beat Chelsea 3-0 at home. There's no way I would have thought we'd have been able to do that. Um, we beat Spurs at home 3-1. Um, we've done we've done pretty well against the bigger clubs, to be fair. I think we'd... Um, um, we we was we were respectable at home against Liverpool, unlucky to draw. But it's been incredible. I mean, the players... I, I mean, I talk about other people looking at our players going, oh, they're not, not the, you know, downplaying, downcrying our players. But I look and I'm thinking, they've they've shocked me as well. I can't lie, they've shocked me. They've surpassed my expectations. Um, and it really is one of them, the sum of the parts is great. Uh, the sum of the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Um, and it's been incredible. And I can't thank Chris Wilder and Alan Nil enough. And the lads, it's been absolutely sublime. And... Unbelievable. The fact that we're disappointed to miss out on Europe is madness. Absolute madness. So how do you see the matchup going this time around? This game, I really don't know uh, what to expect. Um, Southampton, you've had quite an interesting season, to say the least. You've gone from, I'll not mention the scoreline, because I think you're probably sick of hearing it, but let's just say the Leicester game. Um, and I'm thinking Ralph Hasenhutl's a dead man walking here. I'm thinking he's got you know days left before he's sacked. Um, and here he is, and you've since then you've turned it around. You've played some very good football. Um, I think since the restart, you've played very well, had some good results. Um, so I mean, you've you, you know you've ensured safety. Um, I couldn't name the place, but I know that you're safe from relegation. Both teams now we've got nothing to play for except pride. Um, I can see it just being sort of like a two-one either way. It could go either way. Um, I mean, we've been, since the restart, we have been awful away from home. Absolutely dire. We lost 3-0 away at Newcastle away at Man United. We lost 3-0. Um, the only good one was Burnley away when we got a late equaliser. But apart from that, our away form since the restart has been dire. Before that, before lockdown, um, our away form was pretty... It wasn't 
we we weren't like winning every week, but we were pretty resolute on the road. We had a lot of draws away on the road. Um, Nook uh, nicked a couple of w- a win or two here and there. Um, I think the um, Southampton home game. I remember it was like pretty frustrating because I remember going into that thinking. Um, oh, Southampton, we, we should be able to get at least a draw here. You know, we're, our home form is what we need. It was fairly early on as well. I remember thinking at the time, thinking we're going to have to have good home form to try and stay up in this league. And when you came, and I remember your goal. It was a brilliant goal, but I remember our defending. It was just like it was a brilliant run, but our defending just like he just cut through them like a knife. I'm thinking, for God's sake, and um. Yeah, I can't remember if it was before or after the Chelsea game that I was thinking if you know we'd already had some decent results. I'm thinking, oh yeah, we should be able to get a draw here. Um, it was quite a poor game um, for us. You did a job on us, um, really did. Um, I remember, you know, we we struggled to break you down that day. I think I remember thinking we had very little, very few chances, um, and then your goal. I forget who it was now. Just cut through us, and it was just ran through us, made him look like Lionel Messi. Um, but this one. Uh, honestly, I think someone, I don't know who, I'll go for, you know what, we'll probably lose, we're away, 2-1 win Southampton, I think, I'll probably tip you to win, I think it'll be 2-1, could go either, um, someone will win 2-1, um, but given our away form, I'll give it you, I'll be happy with a goal, let alone a point. So weaknesses you can exploit, uh, breakers down, I mean it's sort of sad really, because the normal season, our defence was amazing. We were absolutely incredible. You know, we've got that back, the back three. You've got your John Egan, the infamous overlapping centre backs of Bash and O'Connell. Um, you know, they've been, they're, all of them have been sublime this season, and not just for the fact that they've been popping up in the opposition's box and we haven't been annihilated. Oh, that's the other one, Steve Nichol. He's a flipping useless pundit as well. Um, anyway, the less said about him, the better. And we, defensively, like I think, like, you know. We, We've got. I think we've got the second best defense. Um, we'd have an even better one if we if we knew how to defend during lockdown because we've shed some goals. You know, three away at Newcastle, three away at Man U, um, three away at Leicester. We've shed some right goals. You know, honestly, we might not have won those games um, before lockdown. But even if we'd lost, it wouldn't have been in the manner we did. I mean, that Man U game, we were lucky that wasn't five or six. The Leicester game, that you can say the same about that. And the Man- the Newcastle game was just woeful defensively. Um, so maybe attack the defence now. I mean, they see they're not as good as they were before lockdown, which is sad. Um, so I, I, what you do with them, I'd say... Um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Maybe a nice mix of like... One thing that I've seen John Egan struggle with is like... So there's long balls over the top, but there's getting it the right height where he has to come and try and head it. If it's too high, it's easy because everyone can see it, but Henderson will probably catch it. If it's too low, it's too easy, but it's like getting the right height where if you've got someone running onto him as well, where he sometimes come out and sort of either missed or shirked the header. Um, So stuff like that, perhaps. Um, I think a bit of pace. We can be unlocked. They're not the quickest back three. I think... um, if you can isolate someone, let's like, say, say if you sit quite deep, um, so there's not too many people, and play a nice ball through into some space, get someone with pace, um, maybe someone like Ings, I'm not sure how quick he is. Um, you know, if you isolate him with Egan, he gets a bit of space to run. If it's close, you know, if he's close to Egan with the ball, or Basham, or O'Connell, we'll probably be able to ha- deal with him, I'd hope. But I think if, if he's got a bit of space to run into, um, that's probably where we'll struggle. 
Um, weak points. I mean, the attack hasn't been that great. We've, creativity hasn't been that great, to be honest. We've had it's been so hit and miss lately. You know, the Chelsea game was sublime. We were incredible, and then you've got games like Leicester where it looked like we just really, really didn't care whatsoever. Um, so I can honestly see which side turns up for us if we actually know what's going to happen. You know, if 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 we have eleven players that actually know they're meant to try and score a goal to win the game, we might have a chance. But who knows? You know, they might just turn up and just I'll play a bit of one bounce or something at this point. So I'd just say probably isolate Ings in a bit of space, um, get him running onto balls. I'd say that's probably our weakness. Now, is there anyone from Southampton that scares you? Uh, anyone that's from Saints that scares me, it's got to be Danny Ings. I mean, I can't lie, um, I haven't followed Southampton that closely um, this season. Um, obviously, you've got, <clears throat> I think you've still got uh, Ward Prowse. I think he's um, can um, he can control a game on his day. Um, if he plays as well as he can do, he can control a game. I suppose our equivalent would be Ollie Norwood. Uh, but obviously, Danny Ings, I mean, incredible, absolutely incredible. I think it's a shame that... Um, I can't see him getting an England call-up. I think he deserves one, definitely, but Southgate's not got it in him. Southgate will just play a front a front three of um, um, Kane, um, Rashford and Sancho. He, I don't even think Vardy will get a call-up, to be honest, let alone Ings. But Ings, you know, um, brilliant eye for goal. Um, he's scoring. I, lo- I also love... Um, there's, there's, some, there's been a goal or two where it's been a bit more scrappy. Like There's one at Everton away, I think, where it's a bit more scrappy. And I think... They're just as good goals because it shows. Um, it reminds me of like Billy Sharp in a way, like how um, keen and what an eye he's got for goal and fighting for you know hunger for the goals, fighting for every one, getting in the right place, causing troubles. And yeah, it might not be like an overhead kick from outside the box or a, a Rabona into the top corner, um, but just that you know scrapping, you know making chances out of nothing, right place, right time. He's got a brilliant strike on him as well. He can score all sorts of goals. Um, absolutely brilliant. He's had a great season, and I really hope he um, he gets rewarded with some England calls ups because um, he definitely deserves it. Um, so yeah, Ings could cause a lot of trouble, but hopefully Dean Henderson can handle everything he throws at us, or at least kicks at us. Can we get the predicted Sheffield United lineup from you? Predicted Sheffield lineup. So I can't see there being much uh, much changes. He's played the same team last couple of games, despite them being disappointing. So you're definitely going to see Henderson in goal. Might be sad, might be his last game for us. Obviously, he's on loan from Man U. There's rumours of Chelsea trying to buy him. I don't think we're going to be able to afford him, to be honest. Hopefully, we can get him back on loan again. But, uh, you know, besides Henderson in goal, there'll be Stevens at left wing back, Baldock at right wing back, the back three of Egan in the middle, Bash at the right centre back, O'Connell at the left centre back, Bash and O'Connell forming the infamous uh, overlapping centre backs. The midfield three... um, Will definitely be Fleck and Norwood. Um, actually, no, I might be wrong. I think, see, he's been playing Osborne because Fleck was out injured, but I think I'd start Fleck, but he, he's been sticking with Osborne, but I think he'll go with Fleck. It'll definitely be Norwood. Uh, last few midfields has been Norwood, Osborne and Berger. Um, I think it'll be Fleck, Norwood, Berger. I think he'll play Fleck instead of Osborne. Hopefully Fleck's... Fully fit to start and got the you know Matt Sharpness to start. He's coming as as a sub in the last two games. Um, hopefully he's fitting up to start this one. And then up top, I reckon he'll go. It's oh, a hard one. I mean he's been going with McBurney and McGold to start with, but I'm tempted to say he might go Sharp and McBurney. I don't really know why. Um, it'll be 
I really don't know. It'd be too... It's hard to say. I mean, there's only three strikers that it could be, and I've got to choose two of them. Um, like I said, last few games has been going with McGoldrick and McBurney. I, Wilder tends to try and stick with players a lot, so um, I can see him staying with them. Um, but then again, I, I think he, at one point he will like to get sharp on um, at some point. So, but that would be the infamous three-five-two slash five-three-two combination depending whether you want to put the wing backs as midfielders or defenders um but yeah that'll definitely be there's some nailed on players it's just one or two it's fleck whether we'll play fleck instead of osborne and whether we'll start sharp over magolda come at bernie they're the only uncertainties i've got but apart from that the rest will be nailed on score prediction then you mentioned 2-1 before are you still sticking with that <sighs> you know i said 2-1 saints earlier but i'll actually go one all I'll go one all. Nah, to be honest, now nah, I'll stick with two one Saints. I reckon you'll score first. We'll equalise. We'll equalise in like the eighty fifth minute, and then like eighty ninth minute, Ings will just run through us and smack it in. So I'll go two one to you guys because we've been that poor. It sounds pessimistic, but we've been that poor away from home. I'll be happy just to get a. Honest, after Everton game, I'll be happy to get a shot on target. So two one would probably compliment us at this point. Okay, would you rather wear a Sheffield Wednesday shirt every day for five years or sleep in a haunted house for ten years? Haunted house. No questions asked. Haunted house. Would you rather be half the height of Leo Messi or twice the height of Peter Crouch? Um, It's got to be half the height of Messi. I mean, half the height of Messi, you're probably just classed as a dwarf, aren't you? And, you know, you see people like Peter Dinklage, Warwick Davis. It's, it's a normal life, pretty much. But twice the height of Crouch. So... What's that? At six foot seven times two, it's like it's like fourteen foot. That's like literally a disability. Then again, I think dwarfism is. But you've got to go for half the height of Messi. I don't know what you'd be. You'd be about three foot something. Uh, no, two foot two foot something, wouldn't you? That is quite small. But you know, you can live a largely normal life. You can get in places. Whereas if you're like fourteen foot, you can't even get inside. Like a pub, you'd have to be like crawling. If you wanted to go to the pub, you'd have to be like crawling round. Like if you were like two foot nine or something like that, you know, you, it's a bit harder. But just get your mate to get your pint from the bar. You know, you can live a pretty much normal life. But fourteen foot, what can you do apart from? I mean, you know, professional basketball player, you'd you'd walk that. But outside of the basketball court, you've had it. Honestly, you've had it. It'd be that would just be ridiculous and. Um, I remember seeing that documentary about that guy that was like the world's tallest man. It did not look fun. Whereas you know, if you were like two foot nine, you could live a pretty normal life. I think there's mu- there's much more. The world is more adapted for people with dwarfism than it is for people that are fourteen foot. Is there anything else you feel might be relevant for the match? I don't know really. I just think um, I think for our season. I think it's mad that it feels a bit anticlimactic for us because we've missed out on Europe. That's still quite surreal. Um, I mean, I was watching the Chelsea highlights the other day and I got annoyed because we didn't get a fourth. And I had to stop and go, hang on a minute, we were losing 4-0 away at Gillingham or 4-1 away at Walsall three years ago. And I'm now annoyed that we didn't get a fourth against Chelsea. So it is quite surreal and it's been an incredible season. I'd like to thank Chris Wilder, Alan Nil. All the players, um, congratulate you guys on turning your season around and going from looking pretty dire to um, actually looking a, a decent side who should get top 10 next season, I think. Um, so, yeah, we've both got the red and white. Um, 
shame I can't be there at the game. It would have been, um, you know, a good atmosphere. Obviously, last away game, last day, last game of the season as an away day is always a party atmosphere. Um, at least for the away fans, regardless of the result. It's a shame we can't be there. I've never been to St Mary's before. Um, hopefully it's a good game. Hopefully hopefully it's actually an entertaining game by some aspects, honestly, because our last two... I mean, the Everton game, I know we lost, but it was a boring, it was a poor game anyway. Even my mate that was an Everton fan said that. So hopefully we can have an entertaining game. Hopefully we can register a shot on target and up the blades. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Thanks very much to Travelling Blade and Up the Saints. On to extra time. Okay, uh, straight into extra time then, Kevin. Um, we'll, we'll start as we normally do with the predictions uh, from Brighton. Uh, we all went for a Saints win. We all went. Oh no, I went two nil. Steve went two nil, and you went one nil. So um, no points there, obviously. Um, so they remained they remained fifty three forty six four to you, uh, and then the Bournemouth game. I went three two Saints. You went two one Saints. Unlucky, uh, and Steve went three one Saints. Um, all getting points for it, but not the final the the maximum five um, points. Now going into the final game, fifty five for you, Kevin. Forty eight for me, and six for Stephen. Um, but of course we have to tot up all the uh, predictions at the start of the season as well. That will be taken into account. Um, Super 6 then. Round 64 was won by Andrew Knight with 14 points. Um, and overall, Tom Hennigan on 492. And then round 65 was won by me again. That's four times in six weeks. Uh, yeah, well done, Ray. No? Nice one. Okay, cheers. Yeah, congratulations. Sorry, I was just... Six, 16 Wait. points, by the way, that week. So, yeah, good one. Um, Tom Hennigan extends his lead, however, so he's now on 503, so he doesn't look like he's going to be stopped now. Um, and round 66 is currently in play as we speak. Um, Kevin, uh, fantasy football this week? Yeah, I've managed to get 43 points, which I think is quite respectable. Well done, Kevin. Still haven't done anything to my team. <laughs> It's getting embarrassing now. Um, how did you do? I can't see on here. Oh, you do this every week. I'm right down the fucking bottom and you know it. <laughs> so, yeah, Ray. Oh, God, you're almost off the bottom. Um, <laughs> oh, no, you um, you were off the bottom, but uh, Ben Stanfield's overtaken you. Oh. You've got 27 so far this game week, whenever the fuck that started. Um, Jamie Vardy is captain. Not doing too well for you. I haven't done it this week, mate. I haven't looked at it. So. Yeah. Um, John Bailey. Um, Steve's quite close. He, I mean, a miracle maybe, but um, he could catch John Bailey. And the top three in our fantasy league, um, it's Steve McCulloch and Lucy Heiner. They're neck and neck. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah, there's one point in them at the moment and it hasn't been updated yet she's played our wild cards and she's got 67 points uh sorry um no he has and uh yeah lucy's got 74 points oh my god i think she's gonna um she's gonna put it off but it's tight it's a tight contest okay kevin um to end the show uh as usual russian phrase what have you got for us this week okay that boyings, well, that boyings. I know what boy is. It's Malchuk. Malchuk, yeah. 
Okay, well, Tot Marchi Kings, if you really want it. There you go, Tot Marchi Kings. Yeah, I think that's a little bit too easy. Come on, we're oh. getting to the end of the season. No, you, you want to keep your fitness levels up. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, um, Cherry's going down. It's just a sweet little uh, bonus for us, isn't it? Okay, so, yeah, the cherry on the cake would be um, Vishinka Natorcha. Vishinka Natorcha. Torcha. Tort. Torta. Like, torta. Oh, it's cake, yeah, torta. Torcha. Torcha. Um, but they actually have two words for um, cherry. The black and the red cherry have the different words. Um, oh. And um, our man Che uh, scored right at the death. And the, the Russian word for a black cherry is uh, Cherishna. Cherishna. Tereshna Natorcha. So uh, you can say Cherishinka Natorcha. Cherishinka Natorcha. Yeah, Che. <laughs> like che. So yeah, that, that's that's our phrase with they. Ah. Nice, Kevin. Thank you. It's too good. It's a pun that works in Russian and in English equally as badly. <laughs> I'd expect nothing less from you, Kev. Um, yeah, here every week. Right. Okay. So we've got one more for the season. Um, Sheffield United next week. Um, and then, of course, well, I say we've got one more for the season. We're going to do our season review. Um, and, yeah, and then hopefully we'll uh, we'll have another special when Salasu is finally announced. Um, so hopefully there's something, something else to look forward to there. Until then, up the Saints. Up the Saints. Network.